Hello, hello, hello. What's happening? Welcome to the Sneaky Emu. This is episode something or other. And the Sneaky Emu is a place where we want to discover the beauty of the world and the wonders of God that are ever before us that sometimes we fail to see and sometimes overlook. Uh, my microphone has a weird buzz to it. Oh, like a weirder, it's like extra crackly. I don't, I don't understand the technology. I don't get it. How come it won't just sound clear? Anyways, that's my problem, not yours. Well, it is your problem if you're having to listen to it and I can't figure out how to get rid of it. Anyways, um, it's episode something or other. And uh, I think last time we were here, I was getting ready to go on a little family trip. We went on the family trip and now we're back. I had a, had a good little break. Uh, it's not a vacation. It was a family trip because if you take your kids, it's not vacation. It's just taking care of your kids somewhere else. But we had a good time, had some fun. We um, we went to uh, this. This actually will get to the thing that I'm going to talk about today. But it's just some of the some of the banter, some of the ramblings to you and myself and my coffee. Uh, we let's see. Okay, so we took our family trip. We went to my uh, brother-in-law's house up in, in Knoxville area, spent a couple days there hanging out with him and his family, had a great time, did some lake swimming, did some rock cliff jumping, had some fun. And then we went to um, Asheville, well, outside of Asheville, North Carolina, drove over there, stayed in a little town called Balsam Grove, North Carolina, which it's kind of just like on the edge of the Pisgah National Forest. And so we um, stayed at a little Airbnb there. It was pretty cool. It was like an old uh, working, used to be an old trout farm. The whole thing was now like half of it is, but there's still the, like the remnants of the trout farm, all this fun stuff. You can do some little fish in there. Ezra caught a couple trout, good times. Uh, we did some hiking, got to see some really cool waterfalls, did a hike um, the, like two days in a row. We had our kids and we did like four mile hikes in the mountains, which was really impressive for a five-year-old, seven-year-old, nine-year-old. And they were like pretty good most of the time. So that was pretty awesome. And then um, we came back and we went to New Smyrna Beach for a couple more days. And we uh, got to experience the 4th of July. Um, I had my birthday. I am now 40 dos years of age. I'm like, I'm like quickly approaching 5-0 the big 5-0. It's kind of scary. It's kind of interesting. It's kind of weird because in my head, I don't feel that old. I still feel like, like, well, my body tells me I'm getting older, <laughs> but my mind, your body's a wonderland, but my mind, uh, I still feel uh, like, I don't know about you. Sometimes I just feel, I still feel have days where I'm like so immature so immature, so not wanting to like participate in the world of adulting. And I'm like, you, you should, shouldn't at this point, like you have things a little better under control. And I often feel like I don't, I just don't. It's like every day you're still trying to figure out life and like getting up and stuff. Anyways, that's a side note. Uh, we got to experience the 4th of July over on the beach and it was really, really awesome. Um, had a great time with that uh, and and love hanging out at the beach with my kids. That's The, the beach is like one of, one of my favorite places. kind of grew up on the beach surfing and all that fun stuff. And so uh, I got to, you know, hang out with the kids there and 
Um, Ezra, our, our middle child, he loves to boogie board. He loves to skim board. He's actually really, really good about it. Good about it. He's good at it. Um, and, and I'm continually impressed with his abilities. In fact, there was, there was two guys and this is going to sound weirder than it is, but two guys on two different occasions on two different days came up to me as we were standing there, like doing, like he's doing his thing and I'm just kind of wading around the water. And, uh, both commented on how uh, coordinated and how athletic this seven-year-old kid is. Like he's th he's throwing the board uh, at the proper time, running, skimming across the water, and just does a great job at it. So I was like, "Wow, that's pretty cool." Anyways, at one point, here's where we're actually going <laughs> to get uh, into some of the stuff. At one point, um, uh, I was sitting down just enjoying the day, sitting in my lawn chair, soaking up the rays, you know, getting skin cancer, all that fun stuff. And uh, I'm watching Ezra skimboard and just kind of, I think it was, it might've been my birthday uh, on my birthday day, day, birthday. Uh, and, and I'm just kind of sitting there thinking about life and, and how things have happened and what it's like now being this age and stuff I've gone through. This is all like self-contemplation, inner monologue, types type of stuff um and i was thinking like as i'm watching my seven-year-old skim across the water on a skim board on this beautiful day um like what what is if i had to say something to somebody right now about what i have learned in like 42 years of living what what would that thing be and of course there's there's a ton of things that you would say maybe that you've experienced in your life about if somebody said what's important for you to know from what you've learned at the age that you currently are, you could probably rattle off a, a handful of stuff. Um, but the thing that I think uh, came to mind in that moment, for whatever reason, that seemed I would put this like in the top of the list, and I thought, oh, that's actually that's that's pretty good. Like I should talk about that a little bit on on the podcast and just kind of run run through why what it is and why it is. And so if, if there's people out there that are happen to be younger than me, uh, maybe this will be some good advice that you can use before you get to my age. Or if you're older than me, maybe this is something that you already know and just need to be reminded of. Or maybe, um, you know, just it, wherever you're at in your life, this might be something that will be useful for you. So the thing that came to mind when I thought about if I had to pass something along today on my 42nd birthday, a couple however the other day, um, was, uh, essentially the importance of learning to let things go. The importance of learning to let things go. That's a massive thing. It's so very hard, by the way, to let things go. It's hard to let things go. It, it's, we have this tendency to cling to things, don't we? Like, and, and this, this is like all aspects of life. This, this is all aspects of life. It's not the most important thing, but at the top of my list on what I, what I would pass along on my 42nd birthday to my kids, to anybody who's younger is listening, to anybody who's older who need to be reminded, is learning to let things go. Um, when... Uh, because there's a lot of benefits to it. There, there's, there is very little, if any, downside and only upside um, 
to the art of this, to the practice of this. Okay, so when it comes to something like just even just in your mental health, okay, you've gone through something, uh, you're in something, you've dealt with something, and we have the tendency, at least I do, maybe maybe you're a little bit different, but to, to carry that thought, to carry that ideal, to carry, um, let, let's say you found yourself in a situation where somebody said something wrong to you or wrong about you and and you um, allow that thing to sit into your brain and then you just like you you almost it's almost like you're meditating on it you you keep rolling this thing around your brain and playing it in different ways and then thinking about how you respond and then and then you just keep cycling like you, you keep going through that over and over and over again. And so what what does that do? What what does what does that do? Um you know when I think about my own life there's a couple there's a couple situations I'll not go into any details but that I could that are present in recent past of things that have happened to me that I continually go back to. This person said this or did this to me and Time has gone by, and I'm still clinging to that thing. Why? What What does that do? Is that of benefit to anyone? That doesn't help me. I mean, maybe it helps me process. I, I guess there's a benefit or the idea that by, by rehashing something, it can help you to process. I understand that, but most of the time, we're just like wallowing in the hurt or the pain or the, or the whatever. Um, there was a, a study I saw or read came across somewhere along the way that talked about how the brain perceives things and how the brain uh, processes things. And it talked about how when it comes to things that are positive in nature, nature versus things that are negative in nature, how the brain, for whatever reason, it takes things that are negative and it actually like absorbs them deeper than something that is positive. And, and the, the illustration that the scientists used to describe this was it was like the difference between Teflon and Velcro. I don't know if I've used this this little illustration before, but it's it's worth repeating because it's so fascinating and so interesting and so helpful to understand how we think and how we function as human beings. So um, Teflon right, is the thing you cover in pans, <laughs> in case you don't know, and it's uh, it's like the non-stick stuff. So when you when you put something into it or fry something on it, that stuff like doesn't stick. It just kind of slides right out. And and they say that um, when you receive a compliment or something good or something positive happens, the brain, for whatever reason, maybe it's because it's like a your brain knows it's safe, so it's not paying attention as much. I don't know, but that that compliment or that kind thing like slides out of your brain like uh, the remnants of an egg on Teflon as you're washing it out in the sink. It just doesn't stick. It slips right off. But on the other side, on the, on the flip side of the coin, that when it comes to something negative or um, less than positive, uh, the brain acts like it's like Velcro and it like sticks in there. And it's really, really difficult to try to pull that thing out. Right. Um, and, and then they said, uh, so the way that you help your brain to help process the good things or the compliments or whatever is that when somebody says something nice to you is that like you you focus or you dwell on that thought i think it was for like 10 to 15 20 seconds maybe 
where, you know, like if someone's like, oh, you, you look nice today. I like your hair whatever. Or for, you know, hey, good job on the sermon or, hey, I appreciate you doing your job. Like to take that and to just to dwell on it, to almost meditate on it, right? To repeat that maybe even to yourself for 10 to 15 seconds, which will then affect like the overall positivity of your brain. So when it comes to the negative thoughts, we do, we, we like do the opposite <coughs> of what science is, is telling us to do with how our brain perceives things. We take the negative thoughts, we take the how we were done wrong, we take the thing we don't like, and then we rehash and, and, and mull over those things. And then what we do is we embed our brain with what's wrong and what's not right. And then we end up like creating a mood in which we don't want to be a, a, like a frustrated mood or we get irritated and agitated. And then we, you have the potential to wreck the entirety of your day because somebody did something, they cut you off in line uh, at the gas station or somebody pull, pulled in front of you on your way to work. And then you let that thing simmer and like a, like in a, this stew of angst or something. And then it just has the tendency to seep into everything else because that thing is latched onto your brain, right? And, and, and I, I always come back to why, what, what good does that do for me? Somebody uh, says something mean or off-putting or ridiculous that maybe it hurts my feelings and then I just keep going back to it. That person has moved on. You usually, I mean, unless they like are hyper aware that they said something, and then they might think, "Oh my gosh, why did I say that?" But usually, that person has has moved on, and and you're the one that's holding on to this thing that's not even a thing. If something, it's interesting to think about the events that we face. Um, as we move on from them, because those are all entirely in the past, which means that that thing has already happened, which means that it's not currently happening now, which means any of the stress or anxiety or hurt or pain that you're actually feeling from that thing isn't actually a thing. It's it's only the thing that your brain is telling you that this is pain or that this is hurt or that this is frustration. Do you see? Now, I understand when you're going through things and when you're in the middle of something that isn't quite yet resolved or is difficult to resolve, like you're going to be working through that. I'm talking about um, when my wife uh, says something that I take as an attack when maybe she didn't even mean it that way and I end up allowing that to affect like a large part of my day or even for example if I come like I've come home from work before and my wife will be doing something she'll be you know I don't know taking care of the kids cleaning the like not cleaning the kitchen cooking food or something by the way that's not all she does <laughs> I just painted a picture of like a 50s housewife and uh, I go to work with my briefcase and she stays at home in her dress and heels that's not how we operate my wife actually works, works, uh, uh, she, she is a PD, what is she? She's an emergency transport, pediatric emergency transport RN. She's like hardcore. She's, I think I say this all the time. She's way cooler than I am, but she like flies in hot and in, in helicopters and rides in high speed ambulance drivers in the back and takes care of the really sick kids. So she's way cooler than me, but if I've come home before on, on days, she's not working. 
She's been making dinner or something. I come in out of the, out of, from, from the office and then she says something and it's not really a thing, right? Like she doesn't mean anything by it. She just says something. And then I take that process that, uh, in, in some sort of negative light. And then all of a sudden, like I'm upset through dinner and then I don't find joy in my kids. And then I, right. And then I'm, I'm still a bit miffed after the kids go to bed and I don't really want to talk about it. And I don't, and I just want some space and I just, why? It was a passing comment. Um, sometimes she says things to me <laughs> that I need to hear that I don't like, but, but, but it's not a thing. That thing has already happened. Why should I let that thing in the past affect the thing that I'm doing now? Because it's, it's, it's not something that you can, it's not something you can touch or feel or see. It's just, it's an idea. It's a thought. And so when I allow something negative or less than positive to affect me that way, I'm, I'm allowing this thing that's not a thing to become a thing. Does that, does that make sense at all? <laughs> and so if you're not careful, when you continue to dwell on negative, it can have this like, uh, I don't want to say detrimental, but it can have this very heavy effect on, on your overall mental health, your mental well-being, because then you keep just carrying stuff with you. And, it, and it's like, it's like my kids. I see this in my kids sometimes where I'm just like, I just want them to stop. Like if they get into an argument and they're going back and forth and whatever. And I'm, and, and it's like stuff that, that you're, that I'm looking at as an adult, as, as a little bit older, as hopefully a little bit wiser stuff that is like of no value whatsoever. Like there's no reason it's important to them. I get it. I understand that. I try to be mindful of that it's important to them. But from like a larger perspective, it really does not matter at all. Do you know what I'm saying? I, like these kids argue and they get all worked up and bit out of shape over, over, uh, like my, my boys do this quite a bit. Um, the, uh, the seven year old, he's, he's very like black and white. He's very right and wrong. He's very justice oriented. He's, he's very smart. Um, and then the younger one is just like kind of a wild card. He just, he does his thing. He's all about like having a good time, which makes me scared for his college. He just does his thing. And so like something will happen that like my kids will fight over a stick. <laughs> okay, we, we live, we live on a property with a lot of trees and a lot of dead trees and a lot of sticks on the ground and they will fight over a stick. And it, and it, blows my mind and frustrates me to no end. Why are you fighting over a stick? So they'll be back and forth. Well, you did this and you took mine. And then the, the seven-year-old, the, the black and white one, if he will not let things go, especially if he's in the right. And so they'll just keep going back and forth and he'll keep on it and keep on it and keep on it. Yeah, but he didn't. Yeah, but then this. Yeah, but and I'm like, dude, let it go. What, what, why are we fighting? What are we talking about? This 100% doesn't matter. This doesn't, isn't going to affect your day. And even if your little brother did this, or even if your older brother said that, like move on. But what we do as adults is we take those little like kerfuffles, those little like irritants, those little disagreements and then we like store them away and we lock them away and then we go back and we repeat them and we dwell on them and then we continue to get huff, you know, we continue to huff and puff about them. For what? In the bigger picture, what does it matter? In the bigger picture, that thing isn't a thing and you're making it a thing. 
right? Even even um, when we were taking this when we were taking this hike uh, in the mountains this the other week, um, we came across it was so crazy. And maybe I'll do a, a podcast on this at some point. But we hiked like a mile. Let's see, we drove like a three or four miles off the main off the main road from the city. All right, so we're down on this like dirt gravel path out in the woods. And then we get out of the car at some random point where there's a little trailhead and we hike for like a mile and a half into the woods, into the mountains. And then a mile and a half in off of a three and a half, four mile road off of the main road, there was like this little cemetery, like just a little patch in the middle of the woods, uh, surrounded by trees, overgrown, all these like little headstones, most of them you can't even see. Most of the um, etchings have come off, so you don't know who's there, what you know, whatever. Uh, most, most the ones that had like the years still on the headstones were like from the mid eighteen hundreds. So this is like a a pretty old cemetery. But as we we kind of walk through, my kids, you know, they didn't pay much attention to it. But I kind of stood there and was just observing, and was just kind of thinking about like. One, how wild it is that this thing is way out here in the middle of nowhere. But then two, like all of these, all, all these headstones represents people's lives, obviously. And all these people at some point in the 1800s, in 1847, this person was dealing with some stuff. This person was trying to figure out how to feed their family, take care of their kids, what the what their future generation would look like they're dealing with relationships they're dealing with survival they're dealing with all these things that were really heavy and really important for them at their time and now those things don't matter like they whatever they were dealing with was so it's it's long gone and so then that may begin kind of got me thinking about just, just in general, what am I getting frustrated at in, in, in my life? Why do I let these particular things bother me? Is this thing really that big of a deal? Why am I carrying this thing with me? And if we're not careful, like we said, because of how your brain acts and functions and, and, and works, those thoughts, this thing that is a thought, that is an intangible thing, immaterial thing, actually becomes this like driving force of the present moment that you will experience. Right. Um, there was a. Uh, I'll, give, I'll give you another one. Um, uh, let's see. There. <laughs> so, uh, one of the nights we were in at, at in the beach in New Zealand Beach. There's this. There's this restaurant called Norwoods. It's this cool restaurant. It's like built around a tree. It's it's like a nice to higher end type disc restaurant, um, but it's almost like a giant tree fort. And so, uh, because of like, because of my diet, I say diet, it's not that I'm not eating stuff. Uh, I, I just don't eat meat. I'm vegetarian, whatever. Um, I, I, I like have to like sort through the menu to see if I can go eat at these places. Some of you may know what that feels like, how you experience that, but it's like, you can't just show up everywhere because if I, uh, I'm pretty, fle- I'm fairly flexible, but at the same time, like if we go out uh, and we just pick a place that's possible that I can just end up eating like fries or like uh, what's the uh, like mozzarella sticks or I just end up eating some like app 
appetizer of greasy something fried off a menu because that's the only non-meat option they have. So we're looking at the menu. There's a few things that I might could eat. I didn't really care to go there. Let's let's just hang out on the beach. My wife's like, no, this is a really, it's a nice place. It's a, it's a cool vibe. It's like this giant treehouse. You can go up on the second story. The kids, the kids will really like it. It'll be a cool experience for them to have on the vacation. And I'm like, okay, fine. Let's go pay money, <laughs> pay a lot of money for this dinner so that we can have this experience. So I'm a bit, I'm a bit flustered. I'm letting this thing already give me a bit of a negative perception and uh, and like persona as we go into this thing. So we go to the place and we have a terrible experience. <laughs> Just as I suspected. Now the question is, was it because I expected it or because was it just a terrible experience? I think it was just a terrible experience. So I shouldn't say terrible. It was less than desirable. So they have this upstairs treetop bar area, but it's a bar area. And so you can't go in there if you're not 21. So that took like the thing that the primary reason that we were going to go there took that out of the equation. We can't go up to the cool treehouse top bar. So we have to sit on the underside of this treehouse type thing to have dinner. So it's fine. Okay. I'm getting over it. I'm trying to do better. I'm trying to be in the moment. Um, and then we get sat in an area where there's, uh, there's all these no because you're outside, like the little bugs that are tiny that just like, like we spent, uh, most of the meal smacking ourselves and each other because of the no <laughs> My wife at one point asked for, um, asked for like, Hey, do you have bug spray? <laughs> At the restaurant, we were asking for a bug spray, and I think the lady was not happy about that, and she she didn't really show back up, and and then we ended up spending way more money than than I was hoping that we would spend. So we didn't we we went to have an experience. We did have an experience. It wasn't the experience that we were hoping for, and and then it affirmed my negative bias that I had going into it that I had against the place and my wife who said, let's just go for the experience. <laughs> so, so when we were getting in the car on the way out and the kids were like, not in a great place anyways, it was a long day. They were tired. We get in the car. And, uh, of course I, uh, I, I can't, I can't keep my mouth shut about it. <laughs> so <laughs> I made this stupid mistake of saying, uh, so was that the experience you were hoping to have? <laughs> Highlighting the word that my wife had used to get us to go in the first place, which, by the way, did not go over well. To which she said, see, I knew you were going to say this. So, um, I have the choice at this moment. Well, even before going into it, but especially in this moment, to either let this thing go or to continue to dwell on it and uh, to allow that thing to shape my experience and my um, how I receive that experience. Was the experience that great in and of itself? No, not really. Could it, could it have been better if I would have had a different mindset going into it? Absolutely. Would it have been better if I wouldn't have been clinging on to this like idea 
that my wife was forcing me to do this thing and then being frustrated at her for that. Absolutely. I didn't have to carry that with me. And then as we got in this little tiff on the way out and like in the car ride home, now we're going back to the hotel to like go play in the ocean again, like before it's too dark and we can't, you know, go swimming or whatever. Now the whole rest of the evening will be predicated on how we handle this tiff. Do we both dig our dig our feet and our heels in the sand and and allow our pride and our egos to get the best of us to where we completely ruin the rest of the evening? Or do we allow for that thing? Do, do we let that go and then move on and continue to enjoy the thing that's in front of us? Right? Let it go. Let it go. There's, there's a song, a very, <laughs> in the wisdom of Elsa. Is it Elsa? Is it Anna? Let it go. Let it go. Yes. Thank you, Disney. Um, you know, on top of that, on top of like the mental health thing and how that all works, there, there's also the physical health aspect. I've talked about this before about the idea of energy affecting matter. That uh, and energy affects matter and matter affects energy. Um, and my, my primary example is this idea that uh, I had this, I'm sure I've told this before. I, I don't want to go into it. If I, yeah, I'm not going into that. But essentially, when, when, if I maintain uh, a negative thought process, if I maintain a negative view of things, uh, if I put myself in stressful situations or if I'm continually stressing myself out by the things that I do uh, or how I'm living my life, um, your body has the ability to process stress and manifest it into your physical being. So it's, it's really quite uh, amazing what the body is able to do. But that... That negative uh, energy, that stressful energy that I put myself, because because here's the thing, uh, if as you begin to like dig into like the quantum realm of things, what what science has learned and discovered, actually it was like like a hundred years ago, was as as you get into the quantum realm and you go farther and further, everything that is matter that we see and understand as the tangible physical reality of the world we live in, is actually just relationships of energy, right? As you dive into uh, into the cells, which are made up of atoms and protons, and then you get down lower and lower into quarks and all these particles, and 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 all of these are just simply uh, units of energy that are coming together to create the thing that you see as a material object. So everything, all that is matter, is essentially uh, a relationship of energy. So energy affects matter and matter affects energy because it's all this relationship of energy. So if I am in an, if I, if I'm continually stressing myself out because I am refusing to let go of something that will have a negative effect within my physical body. That is a relationship of energy because I'm exposing it to the negative energy of my environment of, or of my thoughts. And then that will be received and picked up on in my physical body, which then will have some sort of negative effect within my physical being. All right. So it is kind of a big deal for when we refuse to let go of things because not only does it just affect how you view the world and your mental health, it also affects uh, like your physical well-being because your brain is translating all of that and then your body is processing it. So it's not, it's not just a mental is issue, it's also a physical issue. And it's, and it's hard for me, it's hard for us 
to be physically present, or sorry, not physically present, fully present in, in the enjoyment of the things that are in front of us if I'm continually carrying stuff from the past, which isn't longer, which is no longer a thing, it's hard for me to be present in this moment if I'm carrying the thing from the past that isn't actually a thing anymore because I'm always going backwards to something that no longer exists. Still with me? <laughs> um, <clears throat> the other day was in the spring, my son was playing baseball. And uh, I had some stuff going on at work and that stuff was just on my mind and I'm trying to think through it. I'm trying to process it, some things that might not have been so good. And I find myself sitting at the baseball field and I am not fully present. I spent however long they play, like an hour and a half. I spent an hour and a half staring at a field, pretending to watch a baseball game, but really I was somewhere else. I was in my head wrestling with this negative thing that, that, that had happened, that had already happened, that had already gone by, that I couldn't do anything to affect, that nothing I, uh, there's nothing out of that I could change other than my understanding, my, my mental perception of it or my mental well-being. And yet that thing that was no longer a thing took an hour and a half for me in which... I wasn't able to fully enjoy the beauty of my son who is growing up, who is playing baseball, who is enjoying like the good things of life, who is out in, in who is outside playing sports, jumping in the dirt, breathing in the fresh air, pumping his little legs as he's running around the base. And I missed it all because I was still carrying some garbage with me. Oh my gosh, what are we doing to ourselves? Let it go. Let it go. <laughs> I can't, I can't almost, I can almost not, not sing that song if I repeat that line. Oh, that shows you I've got kids. One day, one day I won't have that where I just randomly break into animated movie songs because hopefully <laughs> kids will move on from that. You know, and I think uh, just kind of a, as, a, as one more thought here is that um, so when, when it comes to how we think of ourselves and how we think about God, uh, the Bible talks about how we were created in the image of God. Um, and sometimes I think what what we, there, there's certain attributes of God that I think um, that we that we don't fully embrace or that we don't fully understand or that we don't see that we see in God that we don't apply to ourselves. Here's what I mean. Uh, in the scripture, it talks about how, um, uh, as far as like, as far as the East is from the West, I will, I will remember your sins no more. So God has the ability to let things go. The fact that, that like the Bible talks about grace and forgiveness and mercy speaks to, God's ability to let things go. Um, and you are made in the image of God, which means, whether you know it or believe it or not, that you also have this ability if you will allow it. You can step into that. This is something that you can practice. This is an art form that you can learn to develop. This is something that is, it's not easy. It, it can be very difficult, but this is something that you can implement and apply to your life. 
Um, one of the things in, in, in this, in this conversation about letting go, um, not just within myself, uh, but, uh, as, as I've been married now for several years, um, when I think about the difference in, in my marriage, when we first got married to, you know, what are we now? 13, 14 years later. Um, uh, one, we, we, as you learn to live together and work together or whatever, um, we've learned, uh, not how to fight better. We still have our, have our moments, but I think we, I think we recover quicker sometimes, <laughs> not all the time. Sometimes it takes a minute, but I, I think in general, we recover from that thing quicker. Um, a lot of that is because of, of my wife, because um, although she has her moments too, where she like just clings on to something and I'm like, oh, you're still worried about that. And I don't know if that's specific to her or specific to like females, females, um, I think have better memories, <laughs> um, than guys. Uh, and because guys compartmentalize things in their brains a little bit easier, sometimes it's easier for us to shut that off. But, um, I, we, we just recover quicker. And so it helps us to move forward faster. So we, we don't spend a lot of time going back into the difficulty of what was, which means that, um, like this, this is something that you can learn. This is something that you can develop. This is something that you can practice that if you are made in the image of God, a God who has the ability to remember sins no more, right? Maybe the lesson for us is maybe that's an attribute of God that we actually need to cling to. Remember the sins no more. Yeah, but she did this. Yeah, but as far as the East is from the West, I remember them no more. Yeah, but he said this. Yeah, but maybe you need to let it go. Yeah, but they, but, and we can come up with all these excuses as to why we want to hold on to these things, but what does the holding on actually do for you? Not much, as far as I can tell. What the holding on actually does for you is just cause you problems. Now it's not saying that if you've been burned or hurt by somebody that you just that, that that you're just going to allow them to come back and burn you and hurt you again and that you just keep being a welcome mat to somebody who's going to abuse and use you. What no no no. Put the boundaries out there, set the boundaries, but also like let it go. Right? And I and I've got a couple situations situations in my life that I have been like hurt or burned or bothered or, or I've seen somebody somebody burn somebody else that I love or hurt them. And, and, and I struggle sometimes with that of going, you just got to let it go. You just got to let it go. It's not doing anything. Like, um, there's, there's a couple of situations in particular that I, I am in the process of learning to let go. Some things are easier to let go than other things. Um, there, there's a few that I carry with me that are deep and I'll have moments of like separating myself from that situation, not thinking too much about it. But if that person's name comes up or if that person intervenes somehow or come, I come across them in my life, then all of a sudden like that thing is very present. And all of a sudden I'm right back to remembering all the ways they hurt me or somebody I love. And I'm right back to the difficulty, which means that I'm right back to the negativity and the stress and the things that will not be beneficial to my mental health and the things that will not be beneficial to my physical health, right? So I, as I speak to you, 
about the art of letting it go, about the wisdom in learning to let it go, also need to listen and practice letting it go. So in my 42 years, <laughs> in my ancient wisdom of all these years, uh, yeah, the thing that I want to say to you, the thing that I want to say to myself is um, learn to let it go. Release it. You don't have to hold it. You don't have to control it. Release it. It's not doing you any good. I'm sure you've got a couple things in your mind, a couple situations, a couple ideas, a couple people that you're struggling with and you keep holding on. Maybe it's time to let go. Maybe it's time to let go. My, my hope and my prayer for you is that you, you will be brave enough and gracious enough to let it go. Uh, my hope and my prayer for you is that you will learn to live in the present and not dwell in the past. My hope and my prayer for you is that you will learn to, to, to live in the present and not obsess about the future. You know, this, this moment, this moment is all you have. The past is done. The present is not yet here. The only thing that is, is the moment that you are in, the moment that is before you. I guess if, if you're in it, it's not before you, but I mean the present moment, right? Let it go. Let it go. Let it go. Let it go. All right. All right, my friends, this has been the Sneaky Emu uh, episode something or other. And uh, this is a place where we want to discover the wisdom, the wonders of the world, the beauty of God that sometimes we fail to see and overlook. Uh, I hope this has been helpful to you. I hope that this will be something that you can take with you. I hope that you will let it go. All right, friends, family, mom, thanks for listening. I'm sending you guys all the love in your general direction. May this day be a blessed one, and may you learn to live in the present moment. God bless. We're here to unlearn. Teachings of the church and the state. We're here to drink beer. We're here to kill war. 